Welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. I'm your host, Bo Kennedy. Join us as we go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. I'm sure most of you that are listening to this are already familiar with the David Pilates missing 411 cases. Um, if not, you need to check it out. Um, he has videos on Amazon Prime, and he has about 100 books out. It's about people that go missing uh, all across America. Uh, sometimes they pop up miles from where they were last seen in a short period of time. Sometimes they don't pop up at all, and it's usually a grim ending either way it goes. Um, but it's a, it, it's a big head-scratcher kind of mystery. There's a lot of theories out there, and today we speak to Rob, who has his own theory that I've never heard before, but I think is so compelling, and it really ties in a lot of other things that are going on, a lot of other theories, um, a lot of other entities or beings uh, it's a great episode great episode and i can't wait for you to hear it so i'm just going to shut up and go ahead and jump straight into it all right here we go i'm rob i'm from northeast south dakota and it just it's if you come up here you kind of notice people are really like ultra conservative and it's just i don't know how to explain it and i've been into the paranormal ever since i was probably about seventh grade so they have these things up here in South Dakota called bookmobiles. I don't know if you guys have them down there. What are they called? Bookmobiles. Bookmobiles. Well, the school I went to had probably about, my graduating class was 16 people. I come from a really small school in a small town. And I can remember what really got me into it was like, there's this book, I think it was by Renee Dehane. It was a Bigfoot book. It had a red cover and had a Bigfoot sitting like on a mountain peak grabbing a pine tree or something. And ever since that, I was like seventh grade on the book will be just been hooked on the paranormal stuff. And that's what led me to my thing about the missing 411. And like eventually the last four years, that's been the really big thing. And I'm like, it just led me down that. And I'm like, that's where I came up with my speculation of what happened to the people that are gone missing. So. Yeah. I've read that speculation you sent me and man, it was, it was a head scratcher, you know. I I believe, you know, in the quote unquote extraterrestrials, you know, aliens or whatever you want to call them. And I believe that they're here on Earth already. I just that's, that's I where it had to 
I hadn't looked at it from the perspective that you had written me about. And when you told me, you know, your theory on it, I had to get you on the show to talk about it because I, I haven't heard anybody say this before. And I, I just think it's awesome, man. So if, why don't you just tell me speculation like you wrote it to me and let everybody hear it? Because I, I just think it's going to be I, – I, I just think it's a great revelation, honestly. Well, thank you, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to get stoned by a lot of your people that listen to this because it's way outside the box and normal thinking. That that is the problem I have. Like people have been looking at these problems, like with these missing four one one. David Pilatus, awesome author. I've read several of his books. I don't know exactly what's going on, but this is what I think may be going on. It's a possibility because if you look at the missing four one map, there's a big empty swath in the middle of the state, like right through the Dakotas, Nebraska, so on and so forth, shaped like a banana. And if you look at it too, it kind of looks like it goes up into Canada. Then you have where it goes out to the side, and you got your pockets on, like, the Appalachians on the West Coast. Both are mountain ranges. And you get that little bit up in, like, northern Minnesota, northern Canada, right, the Canada in the center off to the right. And I'm thinking, this looks really familiar. And I'm like, I saw that a couple years ago. I'm like, this shape looks familiar with the empty spot. And I'm like, okay. So I put it on the back burner. Then I'm into Bigfoot and UFOs. Personally, I don't believe aliens have been to this planet in the past or in the present because it's just doesn't to me why would you come here and do a light show then leave you know what i'm saying it's like why make all this big scene or like the lights over phoenix why would you do all that and not stop and say hey here we are glad to meet you shake hands or whatever right and then i'm well, think about it. Just like I said, I put that big empty spot back on the back burner of my brain. Then my kids, they're like, got into dinosaurs. I'm like, wait, dinosaurs. Then it clicked in. Because if you look at the map, they have the UFO, the Bigfoot, the Missing 411, and the natural cave system. They all have the same shape. They have that big empty swath in it. And a lot of people are like, oh, there's less population there and everything, which is true. But if you think about it, with less population, which means less light, you would see more stuff, which doesn't really make any sense. Because without, with less light pollution, you'd be like seeing more stuff and all that. But then I'm like looking, all right, this is the same shape for four different maps. I'm like, it's pretty much concentric. It's all got that weird Y shape or whatever. Like I said before, my kids got into dinosaurs and like, then they came up with the Western Interior Seaway. I'm like, this looks kind of familiar. So I looked, I looked all these up on the internet, just masks anybody can find. And I took that Western Interior Seaway and it fit almost, not perfectly, but almost perfectly over the missing spots of the map where there's a big open space. So I'm thinking, okay, this is kind of weird because it fits like almost over the top of it. Did you get a chance to look up the maps or anything? I did. I did. And that's, that's what just kept, I don't know. I don't even know the word for it. It just it kind of lined up with everything that you were saying, you know. And I I loved it. I, I think it's I think you're onto something. Because I I, I I maybe I'm not maybe I'm the first person that talked about it. Because I've been kind of chewed up on a couple of different websites for saying something similar to this. Because like in the Bigfoot world, the UFO world, 
and the missing 411 world, which are the three main paranormal worlds right now, they eat their own. They really do. Because <laughs> people want to hear their your opinion coming uh, their their opinion coming out of your mouth. Absolutely. And I'm like, and I'm like I don't do that because I have my own opinion. I'm like, this, this may, I may be totally wrong, but it lines up, which is way too much of a coincidence for anything on the whole thing. Yeah, I, I'm all about it, man. Just uh, that's that's something I want to make sure that people know on on this podcast. I'm not going to judge anybody. I'm not going to try to get you to agree with me, and I'm not necessarily going to agree with whoever I'm talking to. But I'm not going to try to prove anybody wrong. I'm not I'm not here to argue. This is like a judgment free zone, and how else are we going to learn unless we are willing to entertain other people's thoughts and opinions and theories and especially when they're, you know, pretty solid, you know, you got something solid going on. Uh, because I'm not, I'm not afraid of spirited conversations. I like to call it or me and the wife like to call it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Yeah. And then they got thinking about, all right, well, dinosaurs are like, how long have they been on the planet? No, everybody knows they died out during the KT, the CT or KT event where that giant asteroid hit. I'm like, okay, so what, what's what's going on here? And that's where I started thinking, well, how long have they been evolving on this planet? And I looked it up. Oh, pretty much, I'm just uh, this just internet research off Wikipedia and stuff like that. But the human have been evolving on this planet from the fossil record from five to seven million years. And you take that and you go like, oh, we've gone from stone in that five to seven million years, we've gone from Stone Age tools to going to the moon and back, which is pretty impressive in five to seven million years of evolution. But we've done a lot of terrible things. We figured out whatever. And I'm like, well, how long? And then I thought, well, how long are dinosaurs on this planet? And I figure out by looking up on the internet, they've been along a lot longer than we have. And they've been here right around 175 million years. And, well, why don't they evolve? And, well, this original idea was thrown out by Richard Dawkins, and he came up with the evolution theory on dinosaurs, what they look like. Well, when he first came up for it, everybody's like, oh, that's just plain stupid. Why would dinosaurs evolve? And I'm like, why couldn't they? If we could, why couldn't they? And their advancements in their technology would be so much further along than ours. Because it's just... It, there's always that chance that something like that would happen. So that's where my speculation is kind of on. It's like, it's where, I don't know how much more unblatant to say is that in that time that the dinosaurs came along and they actually came along and they are here still, but they're just, they just have better technology than us. I'm kind of stuck here. <laughs> and you're fine. Yeah. They had 175 million years to evolve. So that's like, what, 25 times longer than what we've even been in On the planet. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, I know some people don't like to think about the, you know, the evolution side of things versus the creation side of things. I'm in the camp where I think both could happen very easily. You know, I'd. I believe in God. I believe God could have put us all here and then kind of let us grow. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we can evolve into what we need to be as time goes on. So I don't think evolution and creation need to butt heads. 
that being said, 100 and, 150 to 175 million years. Yeah, if that's like, just... If, like you said, we could reach the moon in 5 million years, 25 times longer than that. Yeah, we're just, like, right now, like, everything's... Let's boil it down and say this. I believe evolved dinosaurs are the reason the missing 4-1 people are going missing. And my whole thing is, because let's say they saw this asteroid coming, they couldn't do anything to stop it, and people are going to say, well, if this is true and it did happen, why did they just go into space? Well, I'm sorry, you have some people that would want to leave a planet, and some are like, well, here, CERN, for example. They're trying to find ways. They've already said they found alternate time, alternate realities. So, and we've done that in the five to seven million years. So with these evolved dinosaurs, let's say that evolved hyperintelligence, why couldn't they have something similar to CERN, if not far greater than it, and say, hey, we don't have to leave the Earth. We can just sidestep into this next timeline. That's almost exactly the same as ours, where the asteroid doesn't hit. So they do that. And in the process, they build cities along the interior seaway, the western interior seaway that's still there because, hey, we had houses here before. We know the features. We can just build here the same. It'll be just like our old home. They do that. They skip into this next timeline. And then after so many years, they have people periodically come back and check, which also you can see in our past histories that they have been back to check in the past. Because you look at these different serpentine figures are finding now like a Gobekli Tepe. They're finding serpent figurines with like a serpent head. You have the first king of Egypt with Cicerops, and he was depicted with a alien with a dinosaur lizard type head. And then there, there's throughout all our past history, even with the First Nations people in North America and every continent, there's always these mentions of like serpent headed people. And I know people are going to say, well, David Icke says this. I'm like, and honestly, I've heard the name David Ice. I've never read any of his books, so I'm not. If I tell anything similar, he says I have. I'm sorry, but I have not taken anything from David Ike. I've only heard the names, and I know he's into the reptilian thing. But if you just always look in the past, there's always these mentions of serpent-headed people. And why couldn't it be that it's these evolved dinosaurs from our own planet coming back to hey, can we come back? Then they're finding out that they can't because something's different in our atmosphere than what they've grown up to on. Because if you look at it this way, well, that's not different. They can do that. They can come back and with advanced technology. That's not always true because it would take time. Because when you go like Olympic sport, Olympic Olympians, look at that. Where did a lot of the track stars go and test before the Olympics? They all go to like high elevation with less amount of oxygen than what they're used to. And they go up there and they run and they run and they run. So their body gets used to that lack of oxygen. But then they come down to lower latitudes and they got that boost from all that extra oxygen. Well, it works the opposite way too. It's harder for somebody who has a lot of oxygen to come back down to try to get used to mental logs because you have like, it's like altitude sickness, but in reverse. So maybe in their timeline, they have a higher output of oxygen because it's a different terrain, like they have more plants or something. Or even this fact, because back when the dinosaurs were around, the radiation from the sun was a lot more stronger than it is today because there's a less of an ozone layer. So maybe they're just not, maybe they use the radiation from the sun, they need that to help function more 
than what we have raised in our planet right now coming from the sun. See, and it it, it all makes sense. And like you said, with the reptilians, um, it's a pretty easy ex- explanation, right? Yeah, it, it makes sense. It just, to me, it, you look at the reptilian aspect, it's all throughout South America, North America, Africa, Asia, even Australia. They have mentioned, though, why is there always this constant message, um, mention of these creatures in their past? And if they're not from our past, then they're still coming today. Because right. I also mentioned, like, in UFOs, how I don't believe aliens have come to this planet. I actually believe these dinosaur people from the other timeline are actually what we consider aliens. Because aliens, I don't think, have been to this planet in the distant past or the present. And don't get it wrong. I do believe in aliens. I believe there's life out there. There's probably millions upon billions of lives out there, but I don't think they've been to this planet yet. Because everybody say, well, with advanced technology comes like this warp speed. They can cut around space and time. I'm like, or wormholes. I'm like, that all includes incredible amounts of energy to do that. People don't. People keep forgetting that. How much energy you would have to do to travel in between dimensions? Because CERN, they made, they think they did it, and they made one about the size of a pinhead, and they said, yeah, it's like 40 atomic bombs going off to do it. That's how much energy we needed. That's right. it. So much energy to do one little pinhead-sized hole. And it's just so. I think the government knows about them also. I don't know. I'm going to sound really crazy here, but um, I think the government knows that these dinosaur evolved dinosaurs. I have been coming here on occasion, abducting people and trying to figure out why they can't come back to their original timeline. And the government's like, hey. Uh, yeah, we're going to assume put you off to mojo aliens because our society has been programmed to believe that it's a lot easier for aliens to come to this planet than saying, hey, we weren't the first people on this planet and our involved dinosaurs were here first and now they're trying to come back. You know, I agree with you. I think that it would be a lot easier, uh, at least in America, probably all over the world, uh, to believe in some external force coming by to visit, maybe doing an abduction, it'd be a lot easier to agree with that than uh, interdimensional. Hey, we the first intelligent life on this planet. Yeah, or interdimensional travel or intradimensional travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, you know, something is right beside you and you just can't see it because, you know, there's a, a veil. That, that would be too much for a lot of people to handle. Um, then again, I think that people just in general are kind of underestimated. I think we can accept and, you know, go along with a lot more than what we're given credit for, but that, that would really shake up some people's fundamental beliefs. So, a, lot, a lot of people, too, and don't mean to make anybody mad here by saying this, because I had to put this, I had to put my arrogance in my backseat because I had to stop thinking about dinosaurs as big, dumb, brutish animals because right. they had so many more millions of years on this planet than us, so why couldn't they evolve? It's yeah, doing I, natural stuff because today, if you look at everybody's like, oh, here, we use this chimpanzee. 50 years ago, we thought chimpanzees were just dumb monkeys. Well, now they've been watching people and they're like learning how to cook, start fires, 
and all this other fun stuff. And there's other examples too. If you look at evolution, is a crazy thing. There's Madagascar off the coast, off the be the east coast of Africa. There's lemurs on there that eat highly toxic plants with cyanide in them, and it's an evolved trait. And I'm like, people, things every day are evolving to do different things. And everybody says, well, it takes all the time. Well, when you have an extra whatever, 25 times more times than we had on this planet, you're going to evolve no matter what you are to something totally different than what you originally were. Because like in, <coughs> excuse me, in 15 million years, you're going to look back on humans. And today, you and me talking on this podcast, and in 15 million years, you're going to be like, why were they even talking? Why would they talk? Because humans don't do that anymore. Right. Right. Yeah, that'll, you know, we're on the verge of that anyway. I mean, look at yeah. what what Elon Musk is doing with Neuralink. But he's going to make it to where you can have a full telepathic conversation. It'll it'll do away with the need to talk. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I had some kind of old book. Um it's on my bookshelf here somewhere, I'm sure, and it showed what they had theorized at that point, what dinosaurs would have looked like through evolution. And they didn't speculate that it was true, that it happened, It was, but it showed this reptilian creature. It was bipedal. It had a big giant head, big eyes, and little skinny long arms. It's really similar to what a gray alien looked like. Yes. Yes, it did, but it was just like a wacko theory from the perspective of the book. You know, they were like, oh, this is what it could look like, ha-ha. Yeah, and, but I don't think that guy was wrong, that Richard Dawkins. I think he was a brilliant man. Right. And he was just easily dismissed. It was a brilliant idea, but everybody yeah. had their arrogance like, oh, they big brewery dinosaurs are not going to do this. Right. I think it is a brilliant idea, and I had never given it any credit until I actually read what you had to say. And that it kind of made me scratch my head, man. And I, I'm so glad you came on here to explain it because it is a lot better coming from you than me trying to give the Cliff's Notes version of what you're talking about. Yeah, because it's like I said, our human arrogance—we're all guilty of it. But it's something we got to check. If we're gonna try and figure out what's going on with this planet and the missing 411. My speculation may be completely, completely wrong, completely wrong. But still, you have to open up that option to say, hey, because if, if somebody listens to this and they're like, think, hey, and they go on a totally different divergent, awesome. More ideas about what's causing this and figuring out why it's happening to figure it out, I'm all for it. All right, so and, tell me, can bring it in full circle. Um, connect it directly in case anybody is still wondering Okay, this is, there's an evolutionary theory. What does that have to do with missing cases? Okay, the whole thing is, like I said, these I, I believe that these evolved dinosaurs that evolved way before we even showed up after the asteroid thing were able to side slap into an alternate Earth, same timeline to where they this asteroid did not hit, and they've been living there and trying to come back to this original timeline which is their own timeline. So they can actually say, hey, we're going to come home. But then they come here and they see all these bipedal animals running around and there's something wrong with the oxygen or something and they can't quite get here and they've been trying throughout our past history to slowly 
introduce themselves, but we just haven't allowed it to happen yet. And I think the government knows that they're trying to do this, and they're just promoting them as aliens because it would be a lot more believable to say, hey, aliens are coming from a different planet. And we weren't, and instead of saying that we weren't the first intelligent species to evolve on this planet, which was dinosaurs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, guys. I'm really excited to tell you about our new sponsor on the show. It's Hemp Bombs, the CBD company. Um, they make a wide assortment of CBD gummies. Um, they make pet treats now uh, they have CBD to help with maybe arthritic pets, pets with anxiety uh, they even make it in a lip balm and lollipops they have it all, they have uh, topical solutions as well um, hemp bombs have been around for years and they've recently over, for well about a year ago now, they've revamped their gummies um, so now there's more product for the same price um, so that, that makes them the best priced CBD in the industry per milligram. Uh, they're the only CBD company that manages their entire supply chain from seed to sell. Everything's done in-house. They do have third-party lab testing facilities to help validate the potency. So it, it's all across the board complied with. Um, they're located in over 25,000 stores nationwide and even some sold overseas. CBD gummies like this, they... They work in a, a, a wide array. Um, it's not just the gummies, but from personal experience. These gummies helped me out with my arthritis pain from my old Air Force days. They helped me to sleep better. Um, they helped my father, who has been on prescription sleep meds forever, to sleep better. Uh, now, I'm not recommending that you quit your prescriptions or anything like that. But these gummies, they, you know, they really help supplement anything that you need. Um, they help with balancing your mood, help you to focus. Um, no matter what ails you, it seems to me like these CBD gummies go, you know, they, they cover it all. I love them. Um, there's a huge, like I said, a huge product assortment to help you, you know, find the product that works best for you and a 30 day money back guarantee. 
So if you don't like the product, just whatever you're not using, you know, contact the company and let them know. If you use my promo code, it's coupon code BUMP20. That's B-U-M-P 20. It'll give you 20% off your entire purchase site-wide, no matter what you get. Um, I'm I'm getting my gummies by the quantity of 100. You know, I feel like as, as much as I use them as often as I've been, you know, taking them every day, you know, I, I like to buy in bulk so I don't have to worry about it. But big purchase or small, 20% discount by using the, pre- the promo code BUMP20. All right, now we'll go ahead and get back to the show. I would be really interested to see how this would work out internationally. I haven't seen but, you. Oh, I have I've been doing since before since we've been talking. I looked up something. You want Because I Western Interior Seaway. This kind of this is a coincidence. I just happened upon this like two nights ago. Okay. And Western Interior Seaway is was was going on 125 million years ago. And you know the missing forward one thing. Is that technically a map for Australia? I said, all right. So I looked up, you can go on a database there where Australia, like, and they have kind of like a map where people have gone missing it. It was Blue Mountain Range. And the funny thing is, at the same time the Western Interior Seaway was around, the Blue Mountain Range coastline area around it was above water. And it's kind of a coincidence that's where they have most of the missing people in Australia is in the Blue Mountain Range. Wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> I just found this a couple of days ago. I'm like, well, because I've been asking on this web, uh, Facebook group I'm on about, is there a map for Australia? And like, no, no. So I'm like, I did my own research and I found they have a database in Australia about where people got missing and most was in the Blue Mountain Range. I'm like looking, I'm like, yeah, and it matches up with about the same timeline as when that Western Interior Seaway covered the planet and this area where the people are missing. It's like a mountain range and people are missing that certain area. Wow. You, you might have something, man. You know, that's for sure. Uh, if you can tie this into Bigfoot. I uh, don't want to get me started on Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. I love a thinker, man, and you are a thinker. So go for okay. It. You're on here because I believe Bigfoot is tied in with this all, too. Let's do it. All right, because we've all heard of Melba Ketchum. Yeah. And her thing is, like, well, she says she had Bigfoot DNA. Melba Ketchum, I never met the woman. I like her ideas. I can't, I don't think, anybody who does the research has a lot more. I'm just a common guy. I graduated high school, went to the Army, came out, went to trade school. I'm just a guy who works 40 hours a week. That's it. But Melba Ketchum and all these doctors and that, this, when she came out there, they have her DNA thing where they figured out, I think it was the mom. They had the mom side of the DNA, but the male side they didn't have. Am I correct on that? Yep, that's it. Okay. Well, this will probably back into evolved dinosaurs too, because if you think about it, why wouldn't these dinosaurs have come back, snatched a couple of humans, crossbred them with themselves on the genetic level, and that's how we got Bigfoot. Hmm. Because when I originally first started, I believe in Bigfoot. I believe there's something out there. What I think he's a lot more technically advanced than we are. 
that I've been eating alive over that comment in a bunch of Bigfoot groups. Because I don't believe, originally when I got into Bigfoot, like, oh, yeah, it's a big, dumb, gorilla-like type creature. And the more you look at every report, it's like the two biggest things for me that stand out is the red glowing eyes without a light source, which is not eye shine. Eye shine is reflecting light. But there's been so many reports of people be out walking into these bright red eyes, and then they had that's a big report. report. They like then they shine a flashlight on it, and that's a the Bigfoot creature. Your eyes don't light up internally unless you have like night vision goggles, right? That are be that's my thinking there. And also too, there's so many reports of like they'll be following like tracks. All of a sudden, boom, middle of the field, the tracks stop. There's no where does it go? He has to be walking. It has to be more technically advanced because there is also one report I read. It may be total BS, but it came from Wright Patterson Air Force Base. There's a Bigfoot report that they used to let out where somebody said they got. And they said they had captured a Bigfoot creature, and in its right arm it had some type of electronics embedded in its right forearm. Now, if that's to believe, then it would be easier to believe like he can go in between timelines with the dinosaurs and us. I think I just lost a lot of people here when I said that. <laughs> no, I, well, you, you might lose some people. I'm, I'm going to say no to that, but you don't lose me. I'm, I'm a hundred percent open to any ideas because we just don't know, you know? And at first I always thought that Bigfoot was just Gigantopithecus. Yeah, same here. You know, super easy to figure out. You know, it was within the last hundred years that we found the giant panda and the silverback gorilla and all that kind of stuff. You know, I thought, eh, how's North America the only continent without a great ape, basically, you know, that in Antarctica? So we just didn't know it was there. You know, that's that's our monkey, you know. But the more I listen to this and have, you know, heard people's experiences and everything else, it's not it's not that no, simple, man. There is so much more to them that people just try to say it's just a great ape. And yeah. I know there's a lot of groups out there that say that too, but I personally believe it's a lot more than a great ape. And there's there's some type of technology involved where he can do what he wants. And if he doesn't want to be seen, he it may sound like a woo thing, but that's why I'm doing more. It's like electronic technology where he's more advanced than us and technology-wise, and we just can't find out for that reason. Yeah, and I've I've been really big into this whole multi-dimensional theory lately. Uh, it would be really easy, you know, for, <laughs> if if you can if you can travel through dimensions or whatever you want to call it, timeline dimension. Uh, that would explain why footsteps stop in the middle of nowhere, or that you only see one or two footsteps. Uh, yeah. It might just be hopping through, man. Uh, I don't know. If you look at just our uh, just our visuals, we have a, a very limited spectrum we can see through. Mm-hmm. There, there are colors that we can't even see. That does not mean something's not there. It just means it's invisible. Literally, we cannot see it. Oh, yeah. Um Maybe it's something that simple. You know, maybe they, I don't know, maybe they can shift their frequency, their, you know, their vibrations where we can't perceive it. 
You know, it might. Well, with our eyes, if you can look in the animal world, it's not that damn good at all. Oh, eyes, you got terrible eyesight. Yeah. Because you ever seen that thing about octopuses with their camouflage? Yes. You're like, look at this picture. Do you see the octopus? Oh, hell no. I don't see no octopus. I'll tell you. Two seconds later, it changes its way of light. Our eyesight is terrible. Right. You know, I brought up octopus to somebody the other day. Uh, I, I know I haven't released that episode yet, but I, I was talking to him, and I said, you know, we were, we were talking about Bigfoot and aliens and stuff. I said, well, explain what the hell an octopus is. You know, it can change colors right in front of your face. It spits ink. It's got like eight legs. It's got a baby. You know, intelligent. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sm- smarter than a toddler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, man. If that's not alien, I don't know what it is. It's yeah. alien than us, you know. But it tastes really good too. Oh, absolutely, too. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. Uh, do you that's have my, that's my theory on what why people are missing? Evolved dinosaurs are taking people and trying to figure out why they can't come back. <laughs> do Do you have a Another word for it, other than evolved dinosaurs, might be you know, kind of catchy word. I don't. I. I'm just. I'm like I said. I don't. I'm just. A, I'm like that's all I got. It's evolved species. Yeah. I don't have a catchy term or anything like reptilian or anything like that. I see that's everything to say. Oh, he's talking about reptilians. I'm like, no. I could be, but I don't call them reptilians. It's Reptilians got a bad connotation. They're like, oh, these are evil guys. They're here just to kill us. I'm like, I don't think they're here to kill us. I think they're indifferent to what we are because we're so less evolved, which a lot of people would say about aliens, which would make sense. Like, uh, it's, like it's like what we do with monkeys. We test on animals. That's probably the same way they see it. Yeah. I know it's a bad thing to say and a terrible thing to say, but we do it all the time with animals. Yeah, we do. Maybe they come in. You grab a sample, you know? Yeah, and if he lives or whatever, if a sample lives, it lives, and we'll just stop it here. It'll be fine. It'll fight, it'll fight its herd or whatever. Just it's what we do with animals is exactly the same. So in addition to the government knowing, do you think that the uh, there's a relationship between them and the government? Oh, yeah. I, maybe a... But, but even if there isn't, what could we do to stop them? Right. <laughs> I mean, there has to be some kind of give and take, I would imagine. Um, you know, even if the government could only do something as as far as a threat exposure or whatever, and they, I know yeah, I our government, the government's not exactly you know the most loving establishment out there so you know why not why not exchange a handful of missing cases for some tech you know why would they even have to like hey why would they even have to to offer us anything like hey because if our government say hey alien dinosaurs coming out and they're taking people our government would be shut down that government that governor would be (laughs) thrown in the psych ward so why would they even have to do that yeah. That's another thing too. Why would they have to get our permission? Because they're original, the original owners of this planet. They're the first species here. And what could we do to stop them? You know, I guess it's a, a question out of ego, because you're right. 
they wouldn't have to make negotiations. We are, even as a species, we don't do it. And look at the um, Spaniards when they came to North America and the First Nations people. They didn't ask them what the hell they wanted. They just took whatever they wanted. It happens. Our, our species, so why wouldn't it be just turned on us to do the same thing? Right. Right. And we are, we have focused all of our technology, everything, into war. You know, that's mm-hmm. very warlike species, whether people like, like to admit it or whatever. We are people not, that don't like to admit that have not really looked at, they live in fluffy bunny land. Right. Yeah. We are not a peace, a peaceful nation, right. world. <laughs> no, we are not. We were, we're all about war. And that's where we push all of our technology goes through defense departments, which, you know, offense departments, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is about technological advances for wartime. Maybe these other races, um, if they're of this world, if they're, pre-hour existence or whatever, you know, if they're focusing their advancement on anything else, you know, if they're focusing their technology on longevity, you know, they might amazed what we could accomplish. Yeah. We might be out there living a thousand years. Oh yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. yeah, That that was it. I was going to say, you you never know where, where we could be if we focus our efforts on something else. If there was more of a, uh, a passiveness as far as you know the war efforts and more focused on advancements on, in other avenues you know mm-hmm. but it's also everybody's like well you can go down this rabbit hole but it's like yeah we're doing all these military advances just in case the aliens do come attack us right. and they know about it <laughs> I'm like I'm pretty sure if aliens were going to come to this planet, they wouldn't think more than two seconds about us and they'd have us beat. Yep. I don't, anytime you see a movie, I like the movies where they show the aliens actually winning in the end. Because that's, I'm sorry, folks, that's what's going to happen. If aliens come to this planet, they can come to this planet, they're going to wipe our butts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no scout goes empty-handed. You know, you know no, what I mean? No. There you go. Well, well Rob, you do you have any uh, experiences that you want to talk about today? I can tell you about one. I have like one paranormal experience that happened in this house. And it took over. This happened back in like 94, no, it'll be 95, 96 in a small town here I live in. It was me my and my two other roommates. We were living in this house. We'll just call her Carla and him Timmy. Well, after I got out of the Army, I spent several years in the Army. I got out. I started working at a bar as a bartender bouncer. I'm like, okay. It's a good way to make money. So our house, like I said, our house was pretty much, it was a party house, to be honest. People come in at all hours of the night, just walk in. We had a house with an attached porch. You just open the door, walk in, and we yell, hey, yeah, come in, because all our friends would go over at random times on the weekend. Well, I was coming back from my shift at the bar. So I'd get home about uh, three, three thirty in the morning after stock shells, whatever, clean up. I see all the lights on the, the house that we're renting. I'm like, okay, people are here. Well, I go in the house, and my roommate Carla, she's sitting up on the couch, knees drawn up to her chest, covered with a blanket. TV's going. Every light in the house is on. 
and she looks really upset. I'm like, what's going on? And she goes on to tell me that she was just sitting there watching TV. And all of a sudden, you're like, this is going to really date me because back in that time, you had dead air on TV for like sometimes like 10 to 15 seconds. Oh, Remember yeah. that? And it was like in between commercials, somebody would screw up and there'd be dead air. Yep. I said, well, there's dead air on the TV. I said, I heard the front screen door, the front porch door open, the screen door, which is very loud. We had thin walls. You could hear it open. It said, slam shut. She heard three steps and someone coughed. And she yelled, come in. And no one came in. She's like, so she's good at the door, and there's no one on the porch. And she freaked out about this. I'm like, are you sure you heard this? I'm like, I didn't believe her. I'm like, whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah, this happened. I'm like, okay, calm her down. I went to bed. She went to bed, whatever. And about two months later, I was sitting down there. It was like on a, probably a weekday because I wasn't working at the bar. And we were sitting down there. It was probably about 8 o'clock at night. And all of a sudden, this happened. Went dead air, screen door open, bang shut, three steps, and someone coughed. And I heard it. I said, yeah, come in. No one got. No one came in, which is highly unusual because you could hear us through the wall. And I go over there and open the door, and there's no one there. And I'm like, what the F is going on here? Yeah, man. And I look over at my roommate, Carla, and she's got her knees up to her chest, covered up. And I'm like, I believe you know. <laughs> yeah. And what I, do you think? Was that, was that like a residual haunt, you think? Or is that- oh, no, it happened one more time because we told our other roommate, Timmy, about this, and he did not believe it. He got actually really upset about me and Carla saying, hey, this happened to us. It's like, oh, you guys are so full of BS and all this. and I'm like, okay. And it was probably during the winter because my other roommate, he was an over-the-road driver, OTR driver. And he was home, and all of a sudden, again, <laughs> dead air. And we heard the screen door open and close. As soon as I heard that screen door open and close, I looked at Carla and her eyes just got huge. And we're like, three steps and a cough. And then Timmy yells in, come in. And me and Carla just sit on the couch, just staring, just like, with all the seats. And then he goes over the door and there's no one there. He doesn't say anything. He looks out the porch, looks his head to the left and to the right, makes sure there's no one there, slams the door shut, and goes back to his bedroom and doesn't say anything to us. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. No, no okay. we never did figure out. The only thing I can figure out with the house is suppo- the only thing there is on it. Like supposedly, at one time, it was an old schoolhouse. I don't. That's all we could ever figure out about the house because it wasn't originally on the plot of land it was on. Someone moved it there for a rental. Okay. And has anything happened before or since then? Honestly, I have. I haven't had the. Fortitude and Tesla Fortitude to ask people that rent there. Because the house has, so I can drive by it almost every day on my way to work. And the house outside, they've redone the outside, but the attached porch is there. Same, looks like the same door and everything. But I just haven't got up to ask them and see if they had anything happen in the house. Yeah. But, you know, I would I would wager that it did. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine that they had the same experiences because it sounds like a residual haunting, you know, where it's. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the same repetitive activity, and I don't know how to explain that. I don't know if it's trapped energy. Uh, I don't know how that all works, but it, there's yeah. definitely different types of paranormal activity for sure. No, because we kind of me and Carla. Well, Timmy doesn't 
he doesn't even talk about it to this day. But me and Carly kind of talk about it. I'm like, it always sounds like a feminine cough. You know, like how women clear their throat more delicately than men do? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a feminine cough. So we're thinking it's like a female ghost. That's all we have on that. Right. And I have one other roommate that did live there for a while, and I need to talk to him. And I just recently got back in contact with him the last few months, and he lived with us too. I want to talk to him and see if he remembers anything happening at the house because there were times where he'd be at the house by himself and he'd be like acting really weird after he'd come back from a shift or something, and he'd be like not wanting to talk. So I think something may have happened to him. <laughs> Wait, what? If you find out, let me know, man. What's, what's oh, a little follow up? Uh, but like, like around here too. Like I said at the very beginning, like people in South Dakota here, they're I don't know if it's we call it ultra conservative, but they're like I know in Louisiana it's the same way when I was there. They have to get to know you first before they even talk to you, like a normal person would talk to you. Not it's a trust thing you have to get with them, because like especially down south, because I would hung a lot in Morgan City and that, and you'd find people you have talked to them and. They'll not be cordial to you, but you can tell they're standoffish, but it takes a while. But like South Dakota, it's the same way. Because I've collected, well, excuse me, but um, ever since I've been interested in the paranormal and all this weird stuff, cryptozoology and all that, and I've just had a habit of people coming up and talk, talking to me about weird stuff because they know, hey, that's Rob. He's in the weird things. Let's go talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with it because I can have spirited conversation with anybody about anything. And I've had people make fun of me. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Right. And I'm like, I've had, I actually have reports of people bringing reports to me of cattle violations. They're still happening within the last year that they can't explain. I've had a collector reports of a guy who had cattle mutilation done to a buffalo. And I've actually had strange. I gotta tell you this story. I have I have permission to tell you this story. There's not much. I have two stories I want to tell you, but I have permission from both of these people to tell you. Yeah, let's hear it. All right, this is these up here. The big thing around here is fishing is walleye fishing. You know what walleye is? Absolutely. Okay, that that's the big thing up here in this part of the country. Walleye fishing. Also, a lot of guys are out there fishing for them walleyes. Well, there's a lake up here. It's a bigger lake. I won't say the name of the lake, but there's just two. There's these three guys out fishing in two boats. They have two different boats, and they're fishing on this lake. And they're probably about 40 feet from shore. They're just casting in the shore and getting out to the deep water, trying to get them laws. And all of a sudden, between the boats, these basketball-sized rocks start coming. They're in front of this small drop-off bank that's been cut out, and that's where they're fishing out because it's a rocky point. Between these two boats, the boats are probably about 30, 40 feet apart from each other. From the shore, from 40 feet away, come these three basketball sized granite rocks. Come flying off the hillside and land in between the boats. Three large flatches. Well, the guy is like, What the heck is going on here? Like, who's throwing rocks at him? And these are like basketball sized rocks. And they saw them all come through the air. And they go up there, They one guy beaches his boat. Gets up on a thing, and there's no one there, and all this is grass. There's no rock piles, just grass, and these three rocks came out of nowhere. Like, 
You know what that sounds like. <laughs> trebuchet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot with the trebuchet. That's it. Yeah. But they're, like, looking around. There's nothing around to where even – it's, like, South Dakota's got flatlands, but we do have our hidden gullies and that. But this is all flatland where they're at. They said they couldn't see anything, which is weird. Yeah. Then I do have one – I don't know if you call it, like, a dog man report. But the reason I believe this report so much is because this guy that gave me the report is like a brother to me, brother from a different mother. And he is a big man. You meet this guy in the alleyway, in the middle of the bar, you're going to think, oh, my God, I'm going to get killed. This guy is a big man. It's scary. And I'm like, we were out, we were out hanging out one night. And I said, hey, what's going on? And he's like, I just, we'll call him G-Rat. And um, he's like, yeah, I've seen something. I'm like, what do you mean? Same thing goes on. Explain to me. Him and his brother were going duck hunting in October, a few years back. And they're driving back by this little town out to their duck hunting spot. And he saw, you know, like how you see deer in the side ditch with the eye shining that, and he slowed down? Yeah. Like, he slowed down for these deer. And his brother's sleeping, and he said, I watched these two deer come across, and he noticed something else in the ditch. And what came across the road was like a three-foot-tall dog-headed dog man. He said, that's the only way to explain it. He said, it's like a three-foot-tall dog man, he said. I'm like, you sure it wasn't just like, just, it was like a fawn or something? He goes, no. He was physically upset. This this shattered his, his perspective of the world because of what he saw. He actually broke down. I was really upset. He's like, no, it was a three-foot-tall, bipedal creature with, like, a dog head. Wow. I'm like, I've never seen this. It upset him a lot. I mean, seriously, there was this. He was shaking when he talked about it, and it was just it yeah. really upset his world. And it was following the deer. It was following the deer. Man. You know, I... I, I try to put myself in the shoes of the person, you know, that's, that's given the story or whatever, you know, and to, to actually be sitting there and see something that fits that description, you know, I don't, I don't know if I could handle that, you know, because three foot tall, you know, people like to tell stories of, you know, seeing creatures eight and ten foot, but three foot mm-hmm. tall is just as intimidating to me, you know, because it's, it's not anything we know. Yeah. And you got, like, around here, we have a lot of these sloughs. You know what sloughs are, right, with all the cattails and all that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of them around here. It's like, that's where the deer hang out. That's It's easy to find that. The sloughs are almost six foot tall. The cattails are. It'd be something easy to hide in there. Yeah. Even if it was seven foot tall, just to crouch down. Man. Did, did he describe the body, or did it have a tail? It had short but not long hair. It was, like, a brown color. That's is a... He, I don't think he wants to talk about it because I had to have his wife talk to him to get a description out of him after he told me about it because I didn't want to – I'm serious. I This is a big man. Right. And when you see him that upset, you like you don't want to hurt him because you know it's causing trauma to him. And it took me about almost two years to get the report finally out of him. Wow. And slowly just dragging it out of him because it was that traumatic to him. Right. And I believe him wholeheartedly that he saw what he saw. Yeah. Yeah, I – 
there's no reason to doubt somebody, you know, unless they give you a reason to doubt them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who would want to make up something like that? Because he's had other, he's tried to tell other people about it, and they just make fun of him. Like, dude, I'm not going to make fun of you because he's had a couple other people try, make fun of him. And I'm like, you don't really want to do that because he's a really big man, and it's just not nice. <laughs> right. Right. If he's, if he's being bold enough to open up to you, that at least we could do is respect listen. it. Yeah. Just listen. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts from and leave me a five-star rating and review. You can follow me on Facebook at The Bump Podcast. I'm on Instagram under the same name and Twitter. Um, If you have a story that you'd like to share, please feel free to message me on any of those platforms and I'll be sure to get back to you. Or you can email me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com. That's thebumppodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, be sure to check out the merchandise that I have now. It's on my Facebook page. I have links to everything. It's on Teespring. You can find it as The Bump Podcast or The Bump Podcast Bigfoot on Teespring. I have lots of merch. I got a whole lot more coming out. Um, All of the artwork, I'm doing it myself. I'm designing everything myself. So it's a, it's a lot of work on my end, but I'm just hoping that I put something out there that you guys can enjoy. So thanks again for listening, and don't stop believing. <laughs>